It's your radio sisters. I'm Rachel. I'm Bo. And I'm Allie Cat. Well, we're singers, songwriters, and sisters. And if you're curious about the creative process like we are, stick around right here. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories and interviews from the world's biggest stars and most creative minds. You'll take away artistic gems to fuel your own creative process and get that project started already. Or get the mojo to keep on going. That's right. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Hey guys, it's Allie along with your radio sisters Rachel and Bo, and we're so happy you're with us this weekend. We want to wish all the mamas out there an awesome Mother's Day celebration. You deserve every bit of free time you get this weekend. You deserve wine, you deserve coffee, and you deserve a nap. And I hope to get all three of those, Rachel. That's the trifecta right there. (laughs) Well, we're inviting you to hang out with us for the next hour for some honest conversations about music, creativity, and life. That's right, Allie. Let's get to it, sisters. The Mulberry Lane shows on Celebrity story songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Well, up first today, you'll hear from Robert Lamb. Now, he's one of the original founding members of the iconic band Chicago. Robert Lamb was the writer of the legendary song Saturday in the Park in 25 or 624 and many other Chicago songs. Now Chicago has two Grammys, they've sold over a hundred million albums, the only band to chart top 40 albums in six different decades. So the accolades for this band are out of this world. And today you're going to hear part one of our interview with Robert and you're going to hear more in the upcoming weekends. Mm -hmm. We had an extensive rap session with Robert with a lot of gems you guys are not going to want to miss and they're coming through the heartland may 17th at stir concert cove bound to be a night of hit after hit after hit oh yeah so catch chicago in concert but first catch robert right here in a few minutes okay sisters who's next well you know her from one tree hill you also know her as a country music artist and maybe you caught her on dancing with the stars Jana kramer is going to be hanging out with you here today why you want to show up in a old t-shirt that i love Jenna is here to talk with you today about not only the latest in her life, but also the very serious topic of keeping your kids safe from child abuse. Yes, Jana has partnered with Committee for Children with resources for you to be able to talk to your kids and keep them safe. All right, girls, who's next? Well, guys, you're going to get to know country music duo, The Young Fables. If I'm anything in the world, I'm daddy's were handpicked by Shania Twain to be a part of the country music competition Real Country. And today you're going to get to know what makes this modern country duo with some traditional influences tick. Laurel Wright and Wesley Lunsford are not just a couple, but they also make beautiful music together. They're a bright spot in the country music scene today. Absolutely. All right, Rachel, who's bringing up the caboose? (laughs) Bringing up the caboose in Broadway style is Broadway director and actor Max Quinlan. Now, Max is in town to direct the Renaissance Voices, a premier vocal ensemble that features artists from around the Nebraska area for the show Fantastic Lands, happening May 11th and 12th at the 
the Brownell Talbot Swanson Theater. Now in this interview today, Max is gonna go really deep with you about how to bring the authentic you to whatever it is that you do. Yeah, Rachel and guys, your Mulberry sisters today have a coupon code for you. The code is MulberryBogo. That's buy one, get one, MulberryBogo. You can go to resonancevoices.org and put in the discount code MulberryBogo. Pretty awesome deal. Okay, I have to celebrate Mother's Day with a very embarrassing mom story. Okay, Rachel, what'd you do? So let me set the scene. I was editing at my computer. Uh-huh. I had a moisturizing mask on my face. Okay. And my younger son had left his phone at home. Somehow his phone gets my older son's phone calls. Uh-oh. We haven't figured out yet how to undo that. Okay. So I had my phone and my son's forgotten phone right next to each other. Okay. Well, one of them goes off, and I was so intense in editing, I just grabbed the phone and answered it and it was a FaceTime call from my older son's girlfriend. (laughs) So here I am with my mask on looking at my son's girlfriend (laughs) and all I did was I think I shrieked and then I pressed hang up. (laughs) Way to scare her off. (laughs) So anyway that's my embarrassing mom story and I did end up telling my older son this is what happened because you're probably going to hear about it and yes he did hear about it and I think they had a pretty good laugh over it. So, well, I hope he still has a date to the prom. <laughs> so, speaking of dates, mark your calendar for May 17th. Chicago will be coming through the heartland at Stir Cove. But first, hang out with Robert Lamb, one of the original founding members of this iconic band, right after the break. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on this Mother's Day weekend on the Mulberry Lane Show. Woo! This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, Advanced Comprehensive Medical, Surgical, and Cosmetic Dermatologic Care. BraddockFinnegan.com. Find the harmony here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo. Welcome back. Well, over 100 million albums sold, two Grammys, and two American Music Awards, and the only band to chart top 40 albums in six different decades. Now, the legendary band Chicago is the fourth highest charting American band in the history of the Billboard charts. Well, right now, you guys are going to hang out with Robert Lamb, who was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2017 for writing such mega hits like 25 or 624 and Saturday in the Park and so many others. And you can catch Chicago in concert May 17th at Stir Concert Cove. Welcome, welcome to the show, Robert Lamb of Chicago. So you guys sound great. Good morning. Aww. Thank you. Okay, so, you know, getting ready for this interview, just reading the Chicago bio is just, I don't think I've ever read such an incredible bio. Do you ever read your bio and say, I can't believe this is my life? Well, you know, I'm getting to the age where, to answer your question, no, I don't read the bio, but I do think think back a lot about all the places I've been and all the people that I've met and all the music that we've made. Uh-huh. You know, it just sort of comes back to me from time to time. Uh-huh. I bet. Usually when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. Okay. Mm. As a songwriter, would you say, yeah. you know, your approach to, like, Saturday in the Park? I mean, that yeah. captured such a feeling. What is your magic? It usually starts out being spontaneous. Sit down at the piano and just start playing around, you know, whatever whatever my hands want to do. And then... If something sounds interesting, I try to develop it 
see if I can take it somewhere. Okay. And while I'm doing that, I may be thinking about a lyric. I may be thinking about something that's going on in my life or something that's going on in the world and try to put the two things together. Okay. Usually, I get the music first and then I start laying the lyrics into it. And then after you do the music and the lyrics, you know, with so many pieces in the band, arrangement has got to be a huge component of it as well. Yeah, now that we all have laptops, studios, essentially, yeah. and we can mm-hmm. make very finished sounding demos, what we laughingly call demos uh-huh. uh, now, I can go pretty deep. And, you know, I know that in most every song that I'm going to present to the band, I have to think about where the brass is going to play. I have to think about background vocals, and I have to think about if there's going to be a guitar solo or a saxophone solo mm-hmm. or a trumpet solo. I have to think about all of that. And, and have room uh, for it all. Have room for it all, yeah. Make a place for it all. So, you know, most songs have a verse and a chorus and maybe a bridge. But with Chicago's music, it's a little more involved. So there might be, you know, a verse and a chorus or a verse and a chorus and then like a reintro and then okay. maybe a vocal bridge, but then also an instrumental bridge that's completely different than the vocal bridge. So, you know, it's kind of fun, actually. I bet. Highly creative, because, you know, it's not the formula. Yeah, and you're still aiming for something around four minutes. Right. Fit it all in there. (laughs) Really? So now there's a lot of speculation on the meaning of 25 or (laughs) 624. So now that we have you right here. (laughs) It's funny you say, because I just did an interview for Mix Magazine, Uh you know, for Studio Files. Yes. And they're doing a whole piece on the recording of that song. Okay. And of course, the journalist asked the same question, well, what is the title about? Here's a slightly longer version. Okay, you know, okay. I was living up the hill with a bunch of kids in a house from the Whis- Whiskey Go-Go on the Sunset Strip. Wow. And Chicago, early on, was playing on usually Sunday nights and Monday nights. We also could rehearse in the afternoon. So I had this idea. We had played the gig. I came up the hill. It's late at night. I sat down at the piano, and it wasn't a piano. It was actually an electric harpsichord, Ooh. if you can imagine. Okay. So I started fooling around with the riff, and I could look out the window and see all of L.A., and I could see the flashing lights of the buildings out in the distance. Mm-hmm. And in the room where I had my stuff set up, there was an old clock with a pendulum going back and forth. I was trying to see what time it was because I didn't want to keep anybody awake although everybody was always awake. And, <laughs> and so the hands on the clock were kind of like, well, is it, well, is it 3.30 or is it 3.35 or is it 25 or 6 to 4? Uh. So it was a dopey idea, but I just thought, well, I'll use that line as a placeholder because I kind of had the melody and I kind of had right. waiting for the break of day, flashing lights against the sky. I kind of already had that. Okay. So it came rather quickly, actually. So then you couldn't find anything that replaced it. The placeholder became the deal. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It was laziness on my part. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good kind of lazy. Exactly. <laughs> so that's on Chicago 2, and that was just recently remixed. So is there anything yes. that you hear in that song that got pulled forward or that changed a little bit with the remix? I mean, the first album was recorded, believe it or not, on eight tracks only. Wow. The second album, hmm. a year later... It was amazing to even have 16 tracks, but it was 16 tracks. So the remixer had more access to splitting up 
some tracks and, you know, kind of moving them around in the stereo. Right, moving them around in the arc. Yes, and also nowadays we have all kinds of outboard gear where you can sort of tweak the EQ, you can add echo, you can turn it around backwards, you know, you can do a lot of stuff. But the remixer of that particular song, Stephen Wilson, he's a British guy, does a lot of remixes. He had respect for the original recording. It sounds better because he just kind of amped it up a little bit. Okay. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Robert Lamb of the iconic band Chicago here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now so much has changed, you know, in the industry. Technology, sound, streaming, social media. What is something you miss about the way things used to be? And what is something you're glad to leave in the past? Well, the way that Chicago worked uh, as far as getting together and rehearsing the music that we were about to record Uh it was all sort of a a workshop atmosphere in other words you know whoever had songs would bring them and we would write out the various parts for everybody and give them out and we would just start playing and then ideas would flow back and forth Okay. You know, why don't we try this? What, what would happen if we did that? Or what would happen if we didn't do this? You know, that right. kind of thing. You know, everybody was very engaged. But, you know, with the technology and the garage band and the sequencer world and the drum machine world, you know, all of that kind of went out the window so that, you know, you might bring in a demo with a drum machine part that you're in love with. It kind of takes away the collaboration. The, the collaboration between the drummer and the bass player, mm-hmm. let's say. It's already there where you think it should be. I miss that uh, the kind of collaboration and workshop thing. Uh-huh. Having said that, we're working on some new recordings now while we're touring. We come into the gig in the afternoon at about 3 o'clock, and we spend three hours and do what we used to do. Here's my song, here are the parts, let's play it down, okay. and let's get the recorder rolling for every pass that we do. If we have to stop, if you have to talk, every time we play the song, we're recording it. And at some point, we make a decision on what to keep and how to start building the track. So you, you bring something on the road with you? Oh, yeah. It's very compact, but it can do anything. What we is can it? do everything. It's a 96-bit solid-state recorder, basically. It fits in the bottom of our tour bus. Oh, wow. that's so great. And so do you set it up every uh, time you stop? Should. We either set it up at the gig, uh-huh. or when we're doing overdubs, we tend to do those like in a room, okay. <laughs> in a hotel room. That's great. You're coming through the Heartland. You're going to be in Omaha Council Bluffs May 17th at Stir Cove. So what are fans in for? We're calling it Chicago and their hits. <laughs> <laughs> they have equal billing. Not to be immodest, but it's Chicago and not all their hits. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Time. Yeah, but and that nice uh, to be and you able know to what? say that. I mean, how amazing is that? With three hours, you don't have time to play all the hits. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Even friends of mine, you know, musicians come to see us, and you know, they'll say, "You guys don't have enough hits." <laughs> I, bet a, right. I bet a lot of people come and they're like oh that song oh that song too I'm yeah sure. well when i met my wife she was from a completely different sphere uh-huh. and uh, she said you know i i didn't really know who chicago was but i did recognize a few of those songs <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> and that was actually probably refreshing for you <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. I, I fell in love immediately uh-huh. yeah.
Yeah. Robert Lamb of Chicago right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You're going to hear part two of this interview next weekend, and you're not going to want to miss the story behind the writing of the iconic song Saturday in the Park. Robert shares all the details. So stay right there, because next up you're going to hang with Jana Kramer. Now you either know her from One Tree Hill, her country music career, or Dancing with the Stars. And she's here to talk about a very important topic for you to discuss with your kids. So keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's BraddockFinnegan.com. Get fueled up right here with brand new ideas. Thanks for hanging out with your radio sisters. I'm Rachel here with Bo and Allie. Let's get back to it. Well, you guys either know her from the hit series One Tree Hill, her country music career that's produced hits like Why You Wanna, or maybe from her stint on Dancing with the Stars. She also has a popular YouTube channel, blog, and podcast. Jana Kramer is also a mom and an advocate for kids. She's here now to chat about the hot chocolate talk, how to talk to your young kids about the myth of stranger danger and how to keep them safe. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Jana Kramer. Oh, wow. What a welcome, guys. <laughs> it's great to have you with us. Yeah, it's awesome. It's true what they say then. The sisters, you guys just have that good harmony, you know? Uh-huh. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, you're partnering with the Committee for Children, and this is such an important topic about keeping our kids safe. So explain exactly what the hot chocolate talk is. So the Hot Chocolate Talk um, is basically a website that includes a conversation guide, basically that provides families with talking points for having conversations about sexual abuse and, you know, things about touching and private body parts. And, you know, for me, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and she had asked me a question about a private body part, and I was so uncomfortable. I made kind of like a a nickname for (laughs) the part, and I didn't know how to have the conversation at all. Right. So when I partnered with Committee for Children, I was like, thank you. Like, I needed this a few weeks ago when, when this happened with my daughter, mm-hmm. but now I've been able to kind of go back and have, you know, redo that conversation with her, and the great thing is, is they break it up in different ages, so like, there's a five and under, there's six to eight, you know, there's teens, so I think it's, it's really important for parents to be able to go on the website and, and learn how to talk to your child at the age that they are. Right, because then you know that you're not talking above their head in language that they're going to understand. Exactly. So what brought you to this cause? They had reached out to me about partnering with them, and I didn't know much about Community for Children or the Hot Chocolate Talk. But once I, like, read into it, that's when I was, like, I needed this a couple weeks ago. Um, and that's why I was just like, wow, this is the most authentic branding relationship I've ever had. Yeah, and they came to you at the exact right time. So, and no, they really did. I and like, I'm wondering perfect. if they came to you because on all your social media channels, you're so honest. I mean, you tell things like they are. Do you think one of the reasons they approached you is because they thought you would be a good spokesperson because you are able to go there with people? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that was a, a reason for sure because I think a lot of times when you, you know, you talk about child abuse, especially sexual abuse, people are like, oh, like, we don't right. want to talk about that. And it's like, well, no, we need to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, because it doesn't have to be that scary conversation. We can be talking about it over hot chocolate. And, right, and make it a bonding experience. Really. Yeah, exactly, and make it something where the kids feel comfortable in coming to you to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. So now you have a podcast, you have so many irons in the fire, and you don't present the perfect picture. You let people in on the hard stuff. So was that hard for you to get to that point? And what have you learned about sharing in the process? I've always been very open. I think my husband had a harder time with it. But the cool thing about what we've been able to do on our podcast, Wind Down, is we're able to tell our story from our perspective Uh and also help people too, which has been, you know, the reason why I've continued to talk about things is because I've realized that it has helped so many people and people don't feel as alone. And you know, the same thing with the Hot Chocolate Talk. It's about talking about things that, yeah, are uncomfortable, but it's helping people. Right. Guys, if you're just tuning in, it's actress and country music singer Jana Kramer here on the Mulberry Lane Show, sharing her headspace and heart space. You're a highly creative person. You have many things that you have your fingers in, and you're also a mama. Our show especially is to help people stay in touch with their creative side, keep doing those things that bring them joy, even if they have other responsibilities. So what is your advice to the mom out there who's busy with young kids, but she has her own dreams and her own things? You know what? I struggle with that every single day. I mean, I struggled with coming in here early to talk to everyone today because I'm like, I'm not going to be there for when my baby wakes up. It's a very hard balance that I'm still trying to walk, but I guess my advice that I can say is just try to have grace with yourself. Try to know that like, you're doing the very best you can. Can we always be better? Sure. But have a little grace and know that like you are putting your children first. And, you know, for me, like, I am a working mom, and that's unfortunately the price I have to pay with leaving and maybe not being there when, you know, my baby wakes up. But uh-huh. I'm going to be home tonight, and I'm going to make sure to hug them extra tight. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you guys are moving to Nashville. What can we look forward to music-wise? Well, I just released a new song called Beautiful Eyes a couple weeks ago. Series X on the highway has been playing it a bunch, and I'm really excited about that. And I've got some new songs being released later this year. But being back in Nashville, all my friends are there, our community's there, and I just feel a lot more inspired okay. in Nashville, and I know it's a great place to raise the kids. So we're excited to bring them back, and the home should be done in June, so we're, we're really looking forward to it. That's awesome. And then with your podcast and your social media, has that inspired the songs you want to release and the topics you want to sing about? For me, it's always about telling the story, and you know, country music tells the best stories. So I just wanted to be able to relate, you know, what I've been through through song and, you know, hoping that'll help people along the way. But I can't sing something that I haven't been through or that, you know, I haven't gone through. Okay. And then one more time before we let you go, where can people learn about the Hot Chocolate Talk? Uh, HotChocolateTalk.com. Such an important topic. And we thank you for being here to share it with us, Jana. And we'll catch up with you in the future. Appreciate it. That's Jana Kramer all about the Hot Chocolate Talk here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Up next is a duo that were featured on Shania Twain's team on the show, Real Country, The Young Fables. Next, right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Tell me I'm making this up. the Mulberry Lane Show, where we come together over music and the arts. This is Allie, along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Thanks for being here. 
Well, straight from the Nash Next competition, the modern traditional country duo of the Young Fables join your weekend right now thanks to an Instagram friend of ours who couldn't say enough good things about these two. Well, right now, you guys are going to get to know Laurel Wright and Wesley Lunsford and hear all about their new album, Old Songs, and how when your heart is in it, you can carve your own niche. Welcome, welcome to the show, The Young Fables. Hi, that was amazing. Best intro we've ever had. Thank you, it's so great to have you with us. Okay, so now you term yourselves as modern traditional country. So exactly what does that mean? We always say it like either two different ways. It's either like modern country music with traditional roots or traditional country music with a modern twist. Okay. Mm, So now, Laurel, you can talk about how you two found each other and really found your musical home with each other. Well, I've been singing for as long as I can remember, and I grew up listening to, like, classic country. Okay. And Wes, he was on this contract gig in China where he was playing, like, pop and jazz and R&B and stuff like that. And he actually got into country music while he was in China, which is so weird because <laughs> we're both from East Tennessee, so that's just so odd to me. Had so to you had to go to China to discover to... country music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when he came back from that, my guitar player did not show up to a rehearsal just days before a gig, and I was so mad. And uh-huh. so my drummer was like, hey, I know this guy named Wes, and I was like, okay, whatever, like, I'll just... <laughs> take anything at this point. <laughs> so Wes showed up, and he's the only one left in the band. So congratulations, Wes. <laughs> so now, Laurel, you were a solo artist. So, you know, at what point did you realize that it was time to be a duo? That's funny that you asked that. We were talking last night about my whole American Idol experience, and I actually did it three times. And the okay. last time I did it, I made it to top 48. And if you make it past top 48 you make it to top 24 which is the live rounds and that's when it gets like a lot more serious well it was then that i realized that the young fables is what i wanted to do with my life and my career and it's funny that i was away for two and a half weeks and i was like man like i don't want to do this by myself anymore we pretty much started it right when she got back okay So he had to go to China to discover country music. You had to go to L.A. to discover that you really belong with the Young Fables. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I see that's a trend. It. Right. I never realized that until you just said yeah. it. <laughs> so you guys write all your music together. Talk about your songwriting process, how it works, and your creative connection. We're actually doing a documentary about the songwriting process right now. It's almost done, and it's called Fable of a Song, where we just had a friend of ours come in and we just filmed a song from the beginning to the recording process and it just became a lot more than that i'll get into a little bit more detail with that it was really supposed to be only like a 30 minute thing you know it ended up being a whole lot more than that so we've been filming this thing for like two and a half three years or something my sister she was 19 she passed away in a car accident january 5th of last year and Mm. then My dad died of a massive heart attack eight months later. And the thing is, my dad and my sister both got to hear the song that we wrote. And it's called Daddy's Girl. So it's about the relationship that I have with my dad and the relationship that my sister had with our dad. And so it's so weird that it turned into all this because the story is so much more than just songwriting. Right, right. Wow. So now being a creative in dealing with that kind of grief, 
has the creative process helped you through that or would you say that you know that made you want to pull away from it um i would say both for a long time i couldn't write a song because songwriting is very personal like you guys know that you know and there were times when i couldn't do it and then there were times that songwriting was the only thing to help me get through Mm -hmm. i don't know certain things Mm -hmm. Uh because i've seen on your on your instagram feed too that you are very open about your grieving process and about depression and about how you've gone through the loss and that in turn is inspiring people and helping others who have gone through loss in their lives so i mean it's got to be so difficult these last couple of years, but do you see a little bit of, I guess, hope and light just knowing that you're helping others? I do. I really feel like there is a purpose for me, and I feel like that might be it. If my story or my journey or my grief or depression or whatever can help one other person, then that's what this is all about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now you, Shania Twain picked you guys. Talk a little bit about that experience and, and what it was like. So Real Country, they called us, and they were like, hey, you want to be on this TV show? And we were sort of done at that. We were like, well, we don't really want to do another contest. And then they kept calling back. Okay. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, well, you don't really understand. You're not, like, auditioning. It's more like a showcase. And then they sent us over, like, the contract which was literally like show up and play and be on TV. And we're like, okay, we're in. Okay. And then when they told us that Shania had asked us to be on the show, that was like mind blowing. Yeah. Well, right now on the Mulberry Lane show, you're hearing from Laurel and Wes from the modern traditional country music duo, the Young Fables. So do you have any advice for people who are in a relationship and they also work together? Gosh. I don't know. I just feel like we kind of lucked out, honestly. Yeah. We literally drive one car. We live in a loft, like one room. The only place apart from each other in our loft is the bathroom. <laughs> okay. uh, we, that doesn't have a lock on it. We travel together. We hang out together. We eat together. We, uh-huh. I mean, we do everything together. So you just have to find your, I don't know, what's the word? Your person you can put up with. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. it ain't always easy, but it, it works out. It sounds like it. So when you guys fight, is it more over creative things or is it more over which way to put the toilet paper? We always pretty much agree on, like, work and business stuff. But I'm getting pissed at him right now because he keeps scratching his face and I feel like it's loud. And he keeps messing with everything in this car. And I'm like, what? Stop! Oh, my gosh. Well, we we can't hear the face scratching. So you're good, Wes. (gasps) Thank you. This is what we argue about. Stupid stuff. And the only time we'll be fighting about something like how to put the toilet paper, and then we have to write a song, and then everything becomes like nitpicky and right. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Right. So and that's when one of you has to go in the bathroom without the lock. <laughs> that's great. How did you guys get your name? We were sitting with our friend Patrick Larney, and we were talking about how we've written a lot of songs with Laurel's grandparents. They just tell their stories, mm-hmm. and we write them down and put them in music and change them around. And Patrick says, what you're doing is you're taking these old stories and you're modernizing mm-hmm. them. You're sort of creating young fables. Oh, I was like, I man, that's that. a great band name. Yeah, uh, good story. Yeah, sounds good. And then what advice would you have for the young country singer that would like to move to Nashville or have a career in country music? 
We always say that hard work trumps talent, no matter what. Okay. And success is what you make it to be. Like, if you want to be the number one billionaire, that's going to be tough to do. It's possible. But if your success is to be able to play your music to people who want to listen to it wherever you go, that's a lot easier. Yes. So in other words, be careful with your definition of success. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of people that think success is being on the radio, being signed to a record label, and I'm sure you guys know all of that. But Wes and I are very happy with where we are and what we feel, and we get to play music, we get to travel together, and we get to write songs about things that we want to write about, and I don't know, being your own boss is And no one's breathing (laughs) down your neck to do this or that. Yeah, you have the freedom, the creative freedom. Really enjoyed this conversation. It's great getting to know you better. And when you guys pass through the Midwest, we'll have to have you guys back on. Yeah. Yay! Thank you so much for having us on your show. Yeah. You're welcome. This was fun. The Young Fables here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When we come back, we'll have Broadway director and actor here in the heartland, Max Quinlan. Stay here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. I made mistakes, made them again, but it never changed a thing for him. Cause he knows who I am when I'm not sure If I'm anything in the world, I'm daddy's girl Your weekend getaway, glad you're hanging out here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo, here with my sisters Rachel and Allie. Resonance Voices, a premier vocal ensemble that features artists from around the area, is bringing the show Fantastic Lands and Artist Showcase to life. Now, it's happening May 11th and 12th at the Brownell Talbot Swanson Theater, and Broadway artist and director Max Quinlan is directing the show. Now, he's here now to get you pumped up for what is bound to be some fantastic entertainment. And guys, stay tuned, because at the end of the interview, we're going to give you a discount code from your radio sisters. Welcome, welcome to the show, Max Quinlan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now what can people expect from Fantastic Lands and Artist Showcase? You can expect incredible music, beautiful singing, and really fun storytelling. It's a wonderful chance for people to come and kind of lose themselves in beautiful musical theater numbers and have a fantastic night. Okay, now you've been a director, a performer, an instructor, and in casting. So do you tap into different sides of you for each of those roles, or do you bring everything to everything? I think that the knowledge of having been a part of the business in so many different realms is really useful and helpful Uh for me, just because I've been able to look at the business from such different angles. Sure. And so it allows me for the opportunity to let people know about different aspects of the field, especially for young performers who are looking to get into it. I can give a perspective of, well, this is what it feels like when you come into a casting room and this is what casting directors are looking at, or Uh this is what a director is looking at specifically when it comes to their vision for a show that are sometimes things that are completely out of your control. Mm -hmm, Or, you know, as an actor, I understand what the nerves are like to walk into that very scary room that usually feels like a dentist's office. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When you're being asked to create and to be vulnerable and to put yourself out there in front of people. You know, having all those different aspects of my career, they come together um, and that knowledge is always present for each one of the processes that I get to be a part of, that I'm lucky to be a part of as a director and creative. You teach a song interpretation masterclass called Bring You to Your Work. So that I do, is, yeah. as a performer, 
especially a young performer, you get told all the time you need to be more this or you need to do this or you need to be more like so-and-so. Yeah. When you yeah. work with a performer, how do you help them discover who they are so that they can bring themselves to the work? That's a great question and a very smart observation because a lot of teachers give the advice of listen to this artist. It's not bad to listen to an artist, but it's good to listen to them to understand it's like, oh, listen to how unique they are. Uh-huh. They are so them. Mm-hmm. They're not like anybody else, so much so that my teacher told me to listen to them mm-hmm. because they are their own entity. The big thing I tell people a lot of times is love theater, understand it, study the arts, study your craft, understand acting, understand singing, understand dance, understand movement, all those principles that are so valuable, and then be a real person. Yes. Truly, like, develop your friendships, understand your dynamic in your family. Mm-hmm. You know, go on adventures, do something that scares you, find the things that bring you joy. The more that you discover those simple aspects and the things that make you you, the more that you can develop a three-dimensional character that's not just like, well, I serve as the bad guy in this show. I'm the woman who's struggling. On the surface, you know, that's where that person fits in the plot, and that's what this character is going through. So but it- they're a full human. Right. Right. So until you're a full human and understand what all that feels like and the unbelievable amount of stuff that we have within us, you can't understand what it is to be a complicated person that is also a character in story. That is and so I, true. I also so think true. that's the dichotomy of being a performer, too, is because everything yes. is so outside focused and, you know, you're constantly right. being yeah. directed and being told what to do and you're constantly exuding that, you know, it's so yeah. important to take that time to do kind of the inner work or, you know, knowing yourself 100%. and who you are. My advice that I always give to people, I'm like, go have an adventure. If you have no money, it doesn't matter. Like, you can travel so easily and get lost in yourself and get lost in an experience and step outside of your own world because our own worlds are so sheltered and lovely and can be so guided in one direction Mm -hmm. that we lose perspective on what it is to be anything and anyone else. Uh And that's what it is to be an actor is to understand what it is to be anyone and everyone else. Mm -hmm. So until you try on other things, you're never going to be able to fully lose yourself in somebody else's story. Love that. Love that. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Broadway actor and director Max Quinlan talking all about Fantastic Lands and Artist Showcase happening at the Brownell Talbot Swanson Theater May 11th and 12th. You're hearing all about it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You can tell that the energy of this show is going to be so fun and so collaborative. Yeah, and that's, that's that's the goal. I mean, there's so much turmoil, the constraints that society can put on us at different times and how cut off we can feel sometimes from the idea of like, what is it to be fantastic? What is that? It kind of mm-hmm. feels foreign sometimes. Right. We specifically picked fantastic songs. And the idea of it is to infuse that past the stage and into the audience and into each person that is watching the show so that they feel fantastic and they dream with us and they come along and they really escape for the two hours that the show will be running and have a joyous time together because that's, I think, what theater can do. It can allow you to escape. That's the point of it, yeah. Well, Max, this has been a great interview. And Allie, I feel like we found our brother we never had. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, I'll take it. And guys, you're going to hear part two of our interview with Max next weekend, where you'll hear all about what you need to do in an audition. And you'll get some tips on what makes a great performance. 
And like we promised, you guys can go to resonancevoices.org. That's R-E-S-O-N-A-N-C-E voices.org. Put in the code MulberryBogo. That's Mulberry B-O-G-O. You can buy one ticket and get one free for the performances this weekend, May 11th and 12th. So if you need a last minute Mother's Day gift, use the Mulberry code and surprise your mom. Woo! Okay, guys. Well, this is our favorite part of the show. It's show notes time. This is where we share the best advice from each of our guests on this episode with you. Uh Uh-huh. Now, first up today, you heard from Robert Lamb, one of the original founding members of the super mega group Chicago. Now, Robert made a point of saying that the band Chicago still gets in the same room together to collaborate. And he said, don't let the ease of technology ruin that one-on-one connection you have with a true collaboration. So whether that means in a band, in your family, or with your friends, don't let technology get in the way of that true, meaningful connection. And you guys will hear part two with Robert next weekend. Okay, Rachel, what's the next piece of advice? Country music singer and One Tree Hill alum, Jana Kramer, she says, as a working mom, you've got to remember to give yourself grace. And of course, there are going to be times when you miss out on a thing or two, but you always can make up for it later. Just make sure you give yourself that grace. Okay, Allie, who's got the next gem of advice? Laurel and Wes of the modern traditional country duo, The Young Fables. Now, they've both agreed from what they've seen in Nashville and the entertainment business that hard work trumps talent every time. If you really want to be a success in your industry, just work a little bit harder. And finally, you heard from Broadway performer and director Max Quinlan. He said, as an artist, everyone is always telling you things you need to be doing different or better, and it's so hard to know how to be yourself. So he said, go out and do things that stretch you, have adventures, get to know what you like, what you dislike, know yourself, and then you can bring that to the stage or whatever it is that you do. And that's some advice that will help you kick it across the footlights. <laughs> and we will be here, same time, same place, next weekend for more Mulberry Magic. We want to wish you a happy Mother's Day weekend. You can travel over to our Facebook page and hear a special Mulberry Mother's Day song that we put together for you guys. And a big shout out to our mom for putting harmony in our hearts and a song on our lips. And mom, you put the spirit in all that we do. You do. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie. Don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a Mother's Day wrap. She finds a way, she saves a day after all that she's been.